From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. So good to have you with us here on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And uh, very excited tonight because our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, is back from Israel. Hey, yes. glad to be back. Oh, great to have you back. And uh, tonight is talking about uh, walking where Jesus walked. And Elaine, just a, I wonder if we have a, a crowded uh, studio here with I'm lots so of folks who yes. were with you. Well, or I, you were with them well, or something, something like that. Something like that. I'll tell you what, we've got the greatest group of people here because this group of people just uh, made my life so special in these last several uh, days and last couple of weeks. Mike, I'll tell you what, we just have the, the best group of people who are going to share their hearts and and what it was like, as you say, to walk where Jesus walked. And we just have a, an awesome group of people who are going to share their hearts and uh, just can't wait for that. But I know we've got lots more to do before we get to that. Amen. We'll be introducing them in just a second. Right now, let's check in for our weekly visit with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another real-life Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. A request for prayer has just come in from northern Laos. On January 18, a Christian brother with whom the Voice of the Martyrs has been working for more than 20 years was taken into custody from his home by five government-authorized police officers. All efforts by his wife, 12-year-old son, and other Christians to locate where he has been detained have failed. According to VOM contacts in Laos, In some incidents like this, those taken by police were never found alive. Please pray for this family who has directly led more than 500 people to Christ in the last two years. For updates on this story and other breaking news from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. Just a reminder, Elaine, how many uh, freedoms that we have in this country that we enjoy and a lot of things that we take for granted, don't we? That uh, In other parts of the world, uh, you know, doing a show like this, we could uh, risk uh, being put in prison or beaten or, or worse. And uh, just a reminder that we need to take advantage of those freedoms that God has given us uh, to make the most of uh, filling out his command to love God with everything we have, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And just a reminder, if you're looking for opportunities to reach out and uh, serve someone else in the name of Christ, you can check out our webpage, www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Check out the little red flashy Daily Whopper there. That's, that's high technical talk, the Daily Whopper. <laughs> It'll take you right to the Daily Update page. 
give you a couple of uh, wonderful opportunities to serve and also uh, thanks to those who have been helping us uh, so much. Again, that website, www.vibrantcommunities.org, or you can give us a call at area code 209-544-9571. That's area code 209-544-9571. Let's check in now with our friends from the Pacific Justice Institute and Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. How would you like your pastor charged with a hate crime for speaking the truth? Well, that's exactly what happened to Pastor Audrey Yancey of Courts Hill before the Antelope Valley Human Relations Task Force after a Muslim cleric alleged that the distribution of 200 gospel tracts was a hate crime. Well, fortunately for freedom, our local attorney, Karen Milam, defended him successfully. Now, we are pleased that freedom prevailed in this case, and we will continue to work hard to ensure that pastors are not silenced by intolerance. But let us never forget that the fight for religious freedom requires steadfast perseverance both at home and abroad. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And just a reminder, friends, Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute will be here uh, next February, February 12th again. For the pastor's awesome. legal yes. seminar. This was a wild time last. It was great. Oh, it was wonderful. <clears throat> you know, we just, I mean, now, you know, my apologies in advance to those you, of you who are attorneys um, out there listening. But Well, Brad's an attorney. He is. But, yes. you know, a whole three hours of attorneys, and it was a great time. It was a blast. You know, and, and uh, one of our guests is saying, be careful what you say, Mike. <laughs> but uh really it, it is not you, that's right you you'd be thinking oh man you know three hours of attorneys that's got to be boring no it is absolutely incredible information that you can use whether you're a ministry leader or just uh, for background information for your church wonderful pieces of information that's right. again that's coming up next february february 12th 2008 and uh, you can log into their website for more information that's PacificJustice.org, or you can also call them toll-free at one 9129 That's one 9129 Again, you're listening to Lighthouse Live here on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Mike Douglas with you with Elaine Harlan and, of course, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, with us as well. We're going to take a look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way. Habitat for Humanity of Stanislaw uh, County invites you to the Habitrat 2007. Where you can, <laughs> Al's already excited. You can do Al's something. Doing the sound effects for that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Can you do that again? Can you do that again? <laughs> Never mind. You can do something good for your health and eliminate poverty housing for many needy families with the Habitrot 2007 fundraiser. This year's event is held on Saturday, May 19th at the Byer Community Park of Modesto. Features a 5K walk run, a kids fun run for children ages zero to nine years of age, a live community park in Modesto. Features I said that. If zero nine to zero to Must nine years, I don't know how that happens. Thing. A jet lag thing, and it's still That's going on. Blame still it on in the jet lag. Israel time, but a live DJ. I had nothing to blame it on while you were gone. Uh, but That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be blaming it on this for a while. I don't know what I'll be blaming it on later. But anyway, a kids' fun zone with games and bounce house prizes, health safety fair, a barbecue lunch, and a tool drive. I know uh, that excites <laughs> our, 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 all you. 
tool kind of guys. But volunteers are needed, and this is where we come in. Volunteers are needed between 7 and 1 to assist with course setup, cleanup, registration, refreshments, activities, and to act as street driveway crossing guards. No, very dangerous, but Habitat for Humanity uh, Humanity addresses the problem of poverty housing by building homes in partnership with families who provide sweat equity, and we like that, mm. and benefit from yeah. no-interest loans to purchase their new homes. So that's a, a great thing, and we love our volunteers to get involved with that organization. Now, the Salvation Army Kids Day, yes, it's that time again. Uh, the 11th Annual Kids Day will hit the streets throughout Ceres, Modesto, and Turlock early Tuesday, May 15th, uh, Kids Day, a partnership between the Salvation Army and the Modesto Bee benefits thousands of at-risk children through the Salvation Army's program for youth at the Red Shield in Modesto and the Turlock Corps facility. Uh, individuals, groups, and businesses are needed to sell the, uh, the Bee Special Kids Day edition newspapers, uh, highlighting the programs and services of the Salvation Army for just a dollar. So uh, sign up today to make a positive impact uh, on the lives of at-risk children throughout our community. Uh, the YMCA of Stanislaw County Senior Health and Fitness Day will be held on Wednesday, May 30th from 8.30 to 12.30 p.m., and that's at the YMCA located at 2700 McHenry Avenue in Modesto. Now, this event is an open house to the senior community, and it's in order to provide information services and fun, and this begins with a one-mile fun walk. Uh, volunteers ages 16 years and older uh, are needed from 8.30 to 1.30 to assist with setup, breakdown, register uh, participants, uh, serve refreshments, all that sort of thing, to assist seniors along with the walk as needed. And this is a great thing. We love the YMCA. Uh, Brother Steve Smith great is doing a there, great job over there. And they put Christian principles into practice uh, through programs that build health. You just healthy. have to watch out for those huge exercise balls so they don't run over you. I know you, that. Right, you're making yeah, fun you're of me to again. And I know that. On the top <laughs> of the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm a yeah. member over at the Y, and I have to be real careful. I'm one of those seniors that get out there and do things like that. But this is a, a great service, and we, we just love sending our volunteers uh, over there with opportunities to serve at the Y. So lots of ongoing opportunities here and and for you to serve with giving rides also uh, to people with uh, needing dialysis and opportunities uh, also for grocery shopping opportunities uh, for you dear friends for donating furniture also several uh, refrigerator refrigerators are needed at this time and uh, we just would ask that if you have any refrigerators uh, that you have to donate and they are in good working uh, condition uh, that you would just please give us a call right now at area code 209 one uh, for the details on that. Also, if you have any uh, questions on any of these opportunities for the Volunteer Center of the United Way, that you would give our good friend Barbara Borba a call. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. She'd be happy uh, to hear from you. And also, we've got a basketball tournament coming up that we need help with, and this is a partnership between several organizations in town. It comes up on Memorial Day weekend. And it will be that Saturday and Sunday. And uh, it's basically three-on-three competitions. 
And, you know, I was in band. I didn't play basketball. I played in the pep band. You know, so, I, <laughs> so I didn't know much about how the three-and-three thing works, but my son is just dying to do that. It's a fun. great opportunity. It's two full days. In yes. fact, they do, uh, I think, the, the elementary school from, like, uh, fourth to sixth grade, I think it is, uh, on uh, on on a Saturday. 26th and, and 27th of May. 26th, 27th. That would be a Saturday. And then the, the next day on Sunday uh, are the uh, the older kids in, in, uh, in high school and such. And they need referees. They uh, scorekeepers. Need people like me to mop the floor and <laughs> scorekeepers. Uh, anyway, if you, if you're interested and uh, you've had some experience in three on three basketball, well, give us a call. We'd love to connect you up with them. Well, I'll tell you what, we are excited, and we're going to get into the heart and soul of what we're here for tonight, and that was a, a trip to the Holy, Holy Land uh, here recently. And before we do get started, uh, we're going to introduce you to the people who led this tour, uh, Lee and Sandy Anderson. And before we do that, uh, we're going to ask Sandy Anderson to, uh, we thought this would be so appropriate, she's going to begin our time together tonight by uh, blowing the shofar. Sandy, would you do the honors? beautiful is that? Wasn't that great? Yay! Woo! We celebrate that. You know, we, we say that it was more uh, of a, than a tour to the Holy Land, and, and that's exactly what it was. We're going to try to encapsulate uh, what we experienced, and and uh, Lee and, and Sandy, we just want to, first of all, give you a, a warm welcome as you uh, you were responsible for this group of 22 of us, and we know it was 22, because how many times, guys, did they count us? Was it something like a 1,000 times at least, would you say? <laughs> welcome, Lee and Sandy. Move right on up to your microphones, and just want to thank you guys for uh, hope, hopefully you've gotten rested up by now and, and we're all off the jet lag thing. Uh, I don't know, are you? <laughs> we are recovering. Are you recovering? We're recovering. I can relate. But thank you so much for being here and thank you from the bottom of all of our hearts for leading us and shepherding us and uh, counting us <laughs> and uh, uh, just... Uh, just uh, being over us the way that you were and loving us and leading us the way that you did. What what led you to lead a group like this the way you did? Oh, man, we love going to Israel. Uh, that was our fifth time being there, mm. and there is nothing like it. And I, I try to describe it as getting that feeling when you've been gone a long time and you want to go home, mm. mm-hmm. and and you just can't wait to get home. And after I've been away from Israel for a while, it's that pull to go home. Mm. Five times. Wow, I didn't know you've been there five times. My goodness. And and, and I don't understand it all or or know, but I know that once we touched the tarmac in Israel, as we were uh, going up the tarmac to the the gate, I started to sob. Mm. And I don't know why or whatever, but it was just, you know, the Lord has been there. Let's talk about the previous times, Lee and Sandy, that uh, that you have been. Uh, what did you take away from those in, initial? Now, this one, of course, you were leading, so there's some uh, additional uh, pressures and and uh, <laughs> logistical issues. But uh, those first couple of visits that uh, that you had, uh, Sandy, what did you what did you take away from that? What uh, impressed you? What did uh, God really do in your heart after those first couple of visits? 
Well, I think one of the main things is that every time we um, had a message at church or would open our Bibles to read something, and we would read about the places we had been, uh, they just became alive to us. It was a reality. Uh, we'd nudge each other and go, been there. And it mm. was we were just transported right back there. And we could kind of relive those stories uh, as they were first happening. And it was such a beautiful experience. So for me, that's one thing I've brought back every single time, besides uh, gaining knowledge, but just knowing that we've we've been in those places. And it's so exciting. When you come home, it stays with you. So make uh, Scripture kind of jump off the page in a new way. Right off the page, yes. Everybody's nodding their head. (laughs) Yes, yes. I know, Sandy, when when, uh, the first planning of this trip and and you and I had talked, I know that you were praying for unity within the group. Do you recall us having this conversation? Can you describe what we were we were talking just the other day, not only was there unity in this group, but describe what you felt. It's really like a shepherd taking care of lambs, and each one at a particular time became a shepherd to take care of a lamb. It really did. We had uh, incidents. Oh, oh, our mighty men, they were so wonderful. Mm -hmm. We had Mm -hmm. one woman, Mm -hmm. our very first day, she Mm -hmm. fell, Mm -hmm. tripped, broke her foot. Mm -hmm. And um, she always, as she hobbled along, bless her heart, there was always someone in the group that was with her. And she made comment about that. She said, "It, it just seemed like all of a sudden there was somebody around me and someone by me. And uh, we had um, other women who needed assistance in walking, and they had a man's arm, or or two women would come up beside them and just help them along. And and they'd say, oh, well, I don't need help here. And it was like, it doesn't matter. I want to hold your hand. I want to hold on to your arm. And the group became a unit. Yes. Um, and, and it was a beautiful thing to see. They were just wonderful for each other. They really helped one another out. It really was. Greg, can you move over? There's a microphone right there. We're going to play musical microphones here sure. tonight. Uh, Greg Silva and his wife, Marie. It turns out, thank you so much for coming. I just yeah. love all you guys. I just want everybody to have a chance to share. It's so funny because we all kind of knew each other a little bit, so to speak, but now we really do know one another. And it's like, yes, just like that, Sherry. We're just, we're just like that, aren't we? And Greg's wife, Marie, turns out that she's a physician's assistant. And Greg, can you tell the story about Yvonne? Because one day we were walking. Well, go ahead. Tell the story in your own way. Well, I was really very surprised to move, see Move on it, up very okay. close. I was uh, really surprised to see what had happened because, uh, as you mentioned, you know, that men had our roles, you know. And my role for that day was playing sweeper. You know, to make sure yep. that yeah. to make sure that everybody was stayed as a unit. You know, because we were in confined areas, and and I gotta tell you, it was such an honor to to play that role for for my bishop Oka, yes. my family, and yes. it, and it just really stirs stirs my soul mm. to think about that now. And and uh, I really felt a responsibility to to come up and find Elaine face down in the in the street. Yvonne, which, Yvonne. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, yeah, Yvonne. Yvonne. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I, I had enough mishaps, but yeah. that wasn't one of them. Yeah, we'll talk about that one later. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I felt a responsibility. Uh, 
as I did for everybody, but uh, I, I really, you know, that protectivism I have as a as a male to, uh, you know, to to protect. And uh, oddly enough, it was face down, was it not? And, mm-hmm. and the Via yes, del yes. Rosa. Did we say where we were walking? We were yeah. on the, right down the Via del Rosa. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, uh, you know, I had to process that, but uh, I uh, continued on my role and, and stood beside her and made sure that uh, that she was protected in the process of getting her back up on her feet. And so. It, she uh, had a wonderful spirit too, in that she did not she? want to go yes. back to the motel or the hotel she wanted to continue on you know even though she really needed stitches at that point yeah seven of them in total i heard the hit i i heard Mm -hmm. i we we all did i think we all did and and we didn't quite know and i I felt so badly for poor little madeline (laughs) you know uh, madeline was with us and and how old is Madeline? Is she 12. About 12. 12, my goodness. And that, that really affected her. And, of course, many of us gathered around, and we began to pray, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, at that point, I don't know if we uh, knew if an ambulance was coming, but uh, we did uh, uh, get a wheelchair w- was coming, right? And uh, But like you said, Greg, we, we did what we had to do, and we pulled together. And, yeah, that's, and it was uh, a real encouragement to... to uh, for Yvonne to to uh, just basically ignore, you know what what she had just gone through, and and uh, and because of where we were, she wanted to continue on with the group, and uh, that that was a real encouragement, I think, for everybody. I know it was for me. Friends, let's talk about uh, as as you arrived, especially those of you who had not been to to Israel before. Uh, can we go around the room very quickly? Yes, Let's just yes, orient. Yes, Let's tell yes. who people are. I've got Lee and Lee and Sandy and Anderson here, and and uh, uh, can uh, actually Lee or uh, Sandy, would you mind um, just introducing people very quickly, and then uh, we'll uh, get some of their input. Okay, we have Gwen Ford uh, who came with us, and uh, we have Greg Silva, and we have Jan May. And Sherry Anderson, our daughter-in-law, and Jim Norby. And uh, so those are some of the people who are here with us. And, uh, gosh, right. they all have a tale to tell. Now, who who in the group has not been to Israel before? Okay. Well, I know most everybody. All right. It was except, the first time for all Lee of us. Sandy. Yes. Okay. Gwen, let's let's uh, talk to you just for a second. Uh, what, what struck you as you stepped off the plane and you actually got into – um, the city a little bit. What what were your initial reactions? What was going through your mind and heart as you were uh, just starting to drink it all in? Oh, I remember uh, when we first got into Jerusalem, uh, seeing that site, you know, with the dome and, mm. and the city spread out before me. It was just overwhelming, really, and just so many emotions um, going through my head. But just to realize that I was I was there where Jesus had walked was um, just um, mind boggling mm. to me. Now, many of the apprehensions you, as people are thinking about going to the Holy Land, they think, "Oh man, there's wars over there, you know. There's guns and security." Let's talk a little. What, what did you guys? I mean, was that a concern uh, for you going, or Greg? What uh, what did you see? Well, I I, uh, I knew that there was always uh, a strong military presence uh, in Israel, and the Israeli army was is very well trained. It's something that I've always been aware of, and especially upon getting there, 
you know, it was actually a comfort for me to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, being a citizen of the U.S., you know, we, we've all become a little complacent with, you know, being protected by mm-hmm. seas. You know, we have the Pacific and the, and the Atlantic. Uh, you know, we have our, our border uh, uh, neighbors in Canada, which never been a problem unless you're escaping to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we've really become pretty, you know, pretty satisfied with with uh, with a comfort, I guess you might say. And over there, you know, there's there's four bordering countries. And uh, so it's uh, we see the necessity of it. And uh, that's. You know, I I felt very safe. Well, I just want to give our listeners a a sense of that, that there's a comfort level there, and that is is, should be no obstacle to to you considering uh, going. Lee, I'm I'm just very uh, interested. What, uh, as as you and and your wife were constructing this tour uh, in your your minds and and, uh, on paper and such, what did you want people to uh, take away from this? As you were constructing the whole thing and laying it out and orchestrating it, well, what did you want to uh, to see God do in them as you were preparing to lead this? I think the biggest thing to me is that I want people to draw, draw closer to God. Hmm. And I believe once they experience that land, and, and as Sandy said, as you read that scripture, it just comes alive. You are there, yes. you know. Hmm. And, and that was my heart's desire, my heart's prayer, that everybody would have just an encounter with Christ there. And would draw closer, and it would enhance her walk with him. And that so came through as Lee gave us quiet times alone with the Lord. Jim, you had a comment? Yeah, I was just going to mention what Elaine did. Um, For example, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Mm -hmm. there was uh, a little private garden, locked garden, just adjacent to the official Garden of Gethsemane. Um, Just a beautiful little place. And uh, Lee took us over there, gave us uh, some appropriate scriptural passages, and gave us about 30 minutes just by ourselves to be in that garden, to be with our hearts and our minds, and to think about what happened there, what it meant for us Mm. as individuals. And I really want to thank you, Lee, for that time. You always gave it to us. You always came through. Thank you. How about uh, our ladies that we haven't heard from uh, yet? Jim was just talking about that experience in the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and you know the closest most of us have gotten to it is uh, seeing Hollywood's version, and Mel Gibson maybe came closer than most. But uh, what uh, what went through your minds and, and your hearts as uh, you were in the in that area where uh, Jesus was agonizing before the Father? Well, I have to say. Um just being there, period, was was. I, I, it's hard to explain. Um, I've seen the promised land, is all I can say, mm. and it just it hit me so hard. Um, especially sit, standing on the Mount of Olives, looking down over mm. Jerusalem, and thinking about Christ when he was up there, and how he looked down on the city and just wept over it. And it brings tears to your eyes thinking about that. And uh, just the Jewish people in the land, it was beautiful and fascinating. And just thinking that I saw what Christ saw. Mm. I've been where he's been. Uh, it was powerful. And ever since I've been home the last week here, I, I long to go back already. I, I can't wait. <laughs> and praying for the unity of the group, all 20, 
two of us or so that went, I definitely feel a bond and connection to all of them. We were there together. We saw the promised land together. So they are my family now. We yeah. are so connected. Uh, and Elaine, I love you. You're so sweet. And I don't know, just being where God was, where Christ was, uh, again, it's hard to say the words. But if there's anybody out there that has an opportunity to go to Israel and maybe something's holding them back, like the fear because of the things that are, you've heard on the news about it, I have to say, don't hold back. Go. Go. You will not regret it. This was a really big deal for me because I've wanted to go to Israel for several years. Uh, This was also a dream of my father's who never really got to see that dream come true for him because he died a number of years ago. But he always kind of wanted his kids or grandkids to uh, do the things that he was not able to do. So I felt like I was being the family representative on a family pilgrimage to go to the Holy Land and being baptized in the Jordan and doing all these other things. You know, I could just see my dad standing up there. If, if, if people really do this, and I've heard yeses and noes in this concept, I could just see him up there on his whatever going, yeah, this is, this is great. We finally got there. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it, it brought tears to my heart. And I, I didn't expect the reaction that I got from myself, both there and at the uh, Western Wall. That I'm still stumbling over not calling it the Wailing Wall, but... You know, we all know where it is. Uh, it was it was such an emotional experience that it was it was a really big aha for me. Mm-hmm. It was it was just absolutely amazing. We all had uh, different reactions. Uh, Mike going through the uh, Holocaust Museum, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was fairly impacted walking through there uh, as we were there during the Memorial Day and Independence mm-hmm. Day, and. Uh, that was truly uh, a gripping experience for me. And uh, I, I think one of the, it was uh, about the best way I can describe that as, as bittersweet because uh, I had a really tough time making it through the museum, actually. Uh, it was a couple of mo- uh, times that I didn't think that I would make it through. But I think one of the, the great things that the Lord did was that he, he ended our, our, our uh, time there on a, a very sweet, sweet note in that our, our last little adventure was in a place called the Biblical Gardens. And do you all recall the sweet, sweet man? We call him Shiloh. And uh, it, it was just great. And, and, and this, this week's song uh, is not only uh, inspired but dedicated to our friend and brother in the Lord. And we met on this last biblical garden, Shiloh. And this is called Jew and Gentile here on Lighthouse Live. The words and music are by Joel Chernoff. And we'll be right back.
Gentile Joel Chernoff on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike Elaine and, and the most wonderful group in the world, <laughs> my brothers and sisters in Christ on the Israel tour here on Lighthouse Live, Lee and Sandy Anderson and, and just a, a host of great people that will be family forever with me. And I'm just so grateful for you all. And I wish all 22 of us, and I'll never forget, we're kind of a catch-22. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 22, no, I, 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 I say that lovingly, very lovingly. I can't, I just, I will never forget you counting us everywhere we were because that was something. Do you guys remember the joke? Uh, one of the tour guys was uh, telling us about the lady. Uh, somebody was counting on the bus and the tour guide says, lady, we're missing your husband. She says, I'm not missing him. <laughs> That was kind of funny, but we had to count and be accountable uh, everywhere we were because the last thing you'd want to do is get lost. We did one day dip down into the country of Jordan. We went to Petra, and that was an experience, wasn't it? Does anybody have any comments they want to talk about Petra? Uh, Anything? Nobody wants to say anything. Well, crossing the border was quite an experience. It, It took about an hour and a half, and... And uh, you left the Israeli side and you walked between mesh with barbed wire at the top for about 100 yards as a group of 22 people to the Jordanian side. And they had all of our passports. (laughs) And we sat there for another 45 minutes and waited and waited and waited for uh, another tour guide, another bus and I don't know. I felt kind of lonely. And, <laughs> and it, it, it seemed like we were in like a time warp or something. And uh, thankfully, we got our tour in and came back and went back across the, the border. But, but uh, they're never very far from a border. And they're always heavily defended. And after being there, I can understand why. You know, it was an experience. And uh, we were very glad to come home to Israel, weren't we? Yes, very, we very were. glad to, to come back, and that was uh, one of the things too that was important, and that I really seen on this trip. Mike was that having a Jewish guide who could speak their language. Mm-hmm. There were some problems at the border, in that uh, we had to come up with some extra shekels, and our guide took care of that. And he said, uh, "The tour company will reimburse me for that." Mm. But had he have not been there, that would have fallen on Sandy and myself, and. Uh, you know, our first trip over there like that was something I didn't need. Well, let's well, talk a little bit about your uh, your guides and and uh, where they where they were from and and uh, can we thank the- Adrian Wolf? Can we just yeah, say absolutely. thank you to Adrian Wolf and uh, uh, you know because Adrian may be listening to this and, and and we just we just appreciate him and our bus driver was he not the best Rahid he was just wonderful I'm telling you now for Adrian it's what like four thirty in the or what. Well, we have a clock right there that what, says... Oh, uh, wait, I was close. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, if Adrian's up listening to this, he needs some counseling. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go, Adrian. <laughs> he, right. he, he, he has already sent us many email he has, pictures. He has. Isn't that great? And, and yeah. he's kept his promises. And Ma- Mike, you'd love Adrian. Not only, you know, he, this man is a military man, but he's also community services uh, minded and, mm-hmm. and, and very emergency minded. He uh, is the equivalent of, uh, uh, he respond, would respond to like Katrina disasters only uh, in uh, Israel. It would be uh, equivalent to wartime and things like that. He's very uh, um, just just wonderful in, in our eyes, and we just appreciate all of the tender care that he gave our group. Now, how do, how do you connect with uh, Adrian and, and guides like him? Actually, it starts with our Bridges for Peace travel group, Bonnie and Bill, and uh, we deal with them, and they get a hold of tailor-made tours, and then the connection is made through them because the guides are all independent hmm. guides. And uniquely, we ran into three of our guides that we've had on previous Oh, trips. is that right, really? Yeah. This is right. unbelievable. And our, our people it? were saying, you know, you've been here too many times when you run into three of your guides. <laughs> it seemed like every time we turned around, we were hugging someone that they didn't know. So that was really it's an true. unusual experience, but it was wonderful to see them. And they remembered us. I mean, we're going back to 1995 and 1998, our first two trips, and they actually remembered us, which was Amen. Um, maybe makes you wonder about that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe God had a purpose in that. Elaine, let's talk about some of the locations uh, you were at and, and how God spoke to uh, several of you through those uh, through those specific sites. You know, Mike, when I, I think about all of the different places that we were, and, and there were so many, where every day we just went to, to so many places. And we started out, I think, of the Caesarea by the Sea, and, and there was Caesarea Philippi. And I think of all of the ancient cities, uh, Tel Dan, and, and a lot of the... Uh, Megiddo and uh, all of those places that we went to, uh, we went to the places uh, um, uh, where the uh, fishes and the loaves were the multiplication, the churches of multiplication, and and uh, uh, yes, and uh, I, I, I'm I'm reliving uh, the the places that we went to. Um, uh, I'm going to take you to the Sea of Galilee right now. Let's just get this out because <laughs> one of the, let's just get this out. One of the the best places, and 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 this was one of the places where the Lord truly uh, spoke to me. And, and and this was early on in the week. Um, it was a beautiful day, and the waters were very calm. And the group was out on a boat, and it was very wonderful. Everybody had their cameras out, snapping pictures, including Elaine. And I, I got very excited over this nice shot that I just took. And and uh, um, my camera left my hand and fell into the water. And it was just one of those unfortunate things. and uh, So you baptized the camera instead of each other. Is that, that's is a good that way of putting happened? it. Yeah. I never thought of just it like that. Just got a little that. confused. You know, but thank you for saying that. You're you know, nobody but you would have said that, Mike. And, and, I'm and not it sure just, how to uh, take that. I, I, didn't, you know, I, I didn't think of that right at that moment, but uh, it was like this loud sound came out of my mouth like it was a painful thing. And uh, I felt Sandy put her uh, loving arms around me, and pretty soon my, my brother Lee here was praying for a peace to come over me, and and you know pretty soon it did, and and uh, soon uh, a group, uh, all twenty, one of my brothers and sisters, uh, come close to my side, and and uh, uh, it was just a, a very interesting thing that happened, and uh, you talk about. 
coming alongside one another and and uh, being a friend and and uh, they did <laughs> they were there when I needed them and uh, you know Greg was mentioning <clears throat> you know that there may be a time in the future when you know that Peter fish comes out of the water and <laughs> and instead of the gold coin there's Elaine's digital camera you know I, I actually I can see this in the new heaven and the new earth here, com- here comes this fish you know and Jesus calls Elaine over here it is Elaine right you know this is going to be quite a thing in the, in the future what what uh, were, were some of your reactions as you're there at the Sea of Galilee and we go back to scripture and you know so so many things happened there what uh, what went through your mind uh, as as you were there at the sea? When let's talk about that a little bit. Well, uh, the Sea of Galilee and all the surrounding areas, um, it, it was just so great because you you just thought of the things that happened on the Sea mm-hmm. of Galilee yes. and all the you know when Jesus walked on the water yeah. and Peter walked to Jesus and and when he chose his his disciples and. And then on the Mount of Beatitudes, and um, um, and where where Jesus fed the five thousand, and all those surrounding areas in Capernaum, and uh, just to to um, meditate on mm. on all the things that happened there, and and in those places particularly, just thinking about walking where Jesus walked and where he did his miracles mm. and um, it was just so powerful mm. and um, uh, I remember sitting out in the boat and we had a time where where Lee had uh, the operators of the boat stop and so we just had some time just to meditate and, mm. to, and to be thankful a little overwhelming it was yeah. so overwhelming yeah. But just so powerful, you know. Just it just speaks to you at a depth, kind of where music speaks to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, that um, just something I'll never forget. You know, we uh, when when we understand Hebrew and understand culturally what was going on in Scripture, you know, words start to mean slightly different things mm-hmm. uh, than it necessarily does when you're blowing by it, you know, in, in, in a devotion or to you know get your chapters read for the day. Uh, when, when you understand context and you understand the meaning of the Hebrew language, Scripture takes on a whole new uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that being there does that like times a hundred. Uh, you know, yes, this has just got to yes. be an amazing thing. Uh, Jim, what about your, your thoughts there at the uh, Sea of Galilee? Well, uh, one day we went to a site. It was at Capernaum. It was the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Lee, uh, was that at Capernaum? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the synagogue that we saw had been, oh, I guess knocked over by the Muslims in 700 A.D., or maybe it was knocked over by the Greeks before that. I'm not sure which one it was. Is there but, a test afterwards? <laughs> well, I'm so writing real quick we here. Saw, information. But, but the, uh, our uh, guide pointed out to us that or maybe it was you, Lee, that the very base of that synagogue was still there, and that was the synagogue that was there at the time of Christ. That was his home synagogue. So he'd come over, and it was right there in the Bible. He was in the Moses seat that day. He did the reading and said, this scripture has been has, has come to fruition today. And uh, that... 
there, there are places Lee said, well, you know, we think Jesus was here or maybe kind of around here, but we knew he was right mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. That was profound. Mm. And, and just to share on that is that we shared that at Capernaum, but that actual synagogue was the one in, in um, Nazareth where that had happened with the Moses seat. But it was awesome to be right there and realize yes. that Jesus had been there. And you could say, he's been here. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I, I had a similar moment. I, I, I'm a shutterbug. I, I love photography. And uh, one of the opportunities that Christ had given me throughout this entire trip is waking up really early in the morning. And uh, that one particular morning, our first day at, at the Sea of Galilee, I uh, got up and uh, the water was, you know, like Elaine said, it's just really beautifully calm, real slow, gentle waves. And uh, I stepped down to the edge of the rocks and uh, listened to the water gently flow over the rocks and I, I uh, before I even knew it I slipped my sandals off and let them flow mm. over my feet mm. and I took some pictures of the, of the sunrise mm. you know and uh, I thought in that moment it's you know that there had to been a time in Jesus 33 years that he would have done the same thing mm. and it's amazing how how that just really just calmed my soul Friends, we're talking about walking where Jesus walked. We'll be back with more right here on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. 
AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you live on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our group from the Israel trip. We'll never be the same, will we? How can you come back from a trip like that? And, you know, it truly is God's God's holy land. And as we think about all of the people that we saw there, there were different sects of people. Now, you look at the people of Israel, and I noticed, you know, the people are different. There are uh, people within the Holy Land, and you could see different fashions and, and the people um, uh, within uh, Judaism uh, dressed differently, the culture. We ran into some people that did not want to actually look at you or be looked at or photographed, and some of the people were very interacting. I mean, they wanted to interact with us and join in conversation, and there were some people that just quite frankly, didn't, didn't want to, but you know, they're God's people. And we are to, as scripture tells us, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are to pray for these people. And I'll tell you what, they are some precious people indeed. And, and even if they don't want our prayers, uh, we're to pray for them anyway. And, and uh, uh, you know, there's such an opportunity here. And, and Lee, we were talking just before we went on the air. You might want to move back up to your microphone. We were kind of drawing the analogy between uh, the different people that we interacted with, our guide, and then the, our other guide. And then we were drawing the analogy with uh, uh, the last person that we saw, which was Shiloh. And that was interesting, wasn't it? It was very much so. Uh, our second guide that we had for one day was made the comment she was waiting for the Messiah to come. Amen. And when we got to our third guide, he got us out by an olive tree and he started talking about being grafted in and he said, I am a Jew for Jesus. Uh, and it was like, man, it just, yeah, yeah. Mm. we needed that, mm. you know. How, how did uh, how was the reception as uh, as you traveled in and out of these various sites? And I'm sure, you know, some of the locals think here we here they come again, you know, and others uh see dollar signs coming and, and others uh, probably are curious what what type of uh, reception did you get 
I, I would say on the most part, it was a very warm reception. Mm-hmm. They were glad you were there. Mm-hmm. They make their money really uh, mainly off of tourism. And so they're glad you're there. And, yeah, they want you to, to spend your, your money, you know, and some more than others. Um, one of the, one <laughs> of the, love, we did a good job of that. I, I got to tell you, willing. <laughs> <laughs> when we were on Ben Yehuda street, uh, Sherry and her sister, Tammy, and I think, and myself, we walked into a shop and the guy immediately asked, you know, where are you from? And they told him we're from the USA. And he started to tell them about his wife was in Fremont, California or down south, and he had been trying to contact her, and he said, I've gotten my letter back twice. Mm. And Tammy says, I'll be glad to mail it for you. And, I mean, he was so elated, he gave her the envelope, and, I mean, he was just thrilled. And Tammy said, no, I'll let you know if I get through to her. Mm. You know? So it was, it was really special, wasn't it? Let's, uh, we're bumping the clock just a little bit. Let's just go around the room, pick out one site that uh, just uh, impacted you and kind of give us just a 30-second, man, this is, this is what God said to me through that site. Greg, let's, uh, let's start with you. I would have to say it was definitely the garden tomb. Yeah. Uh, as I approached the door opening, hmm. I felt a rush come over me, and immediately I thought, you know, this is... Figuratively, this is where all my sins are buried. Wow. You know, wow. since since I've, I've come to know the beauty of the cross, I've wanted to visit Israel. Mm. And that really brought it full circle. Amen. Amen. Well, I really can't say anything more profound than that, so I'll just settle <laughs> for what I was going to say anyway. That's, all right. He's a tough act to follow. I, I was greatly moved at the wall. I didn't think I would be, but when I started praying at the wall, the minute my hand touched that wall, I just felt like I had a jolt in my heart. And I started praying about stuff that I hadn't even thought of for a while, and my eyes leaked profusely. And uh, that had been a fairly common thing with a lot of us through the whole trip. And uh, it was quite an experience. Wow. Amen. I would have to say it was um, on the Sea of Galilee. Um, again, just looking out over the calm waters, um, our boat had shut down the motors, and we had time to just sit there and think. And, um, of course, that day the waters were very calm, but I kept going back to um, the scripture about when it was not calm that one day, and it was just storming, and Christ was in the boat, and mm. he was just, you know, sleeping away. and. Um, the disciples were just, oh, save us, you know, what's going on here? And he just instantly got up and said, be still, or I can't quite remember the verse, but instantly the waves and the wind just died down. I mean, the winds and the wa- waves obey him. And I just, it hit me like nothing's too difficult for him. Mm. Nothing, no storm in my life, nothing without him, I can get through it. He will calm it. Amen. That was powerful. Jim, what about you? Well, our uh, first leader told us that the Jews feel that when you're at the wall, it's like making a local call, <laughs> that when you pray there, uh, there's nothing between you and God, and God hears your prayer. And there were a number of things that I had been carrying with me for a couple of years, 
and I wanted to leave them with God. And so uh, I wrote them down, and I stuck them between the cracks of the rocks, and, and I prayed about them. And, um, you know, it just time just kind of went by there. It, it was interesting. Uh, there were uh, two individuals praying, one on each side of me, and they were praying in Hebrew. And so it, it, it was just kind of a neat environment uh, for me uh, to kind of have a place of my own and to say my prayers and, and uh, to, uh, to leave some really heavy things with God, which I did. So the wall was a remarkable moment for me there. Gwen, very quickly. Um, the Via Dolorosa was really powerful for me. It was uh, a lot more uneven, and uh, I stumbled several times and and twisted and, and very steep. And just the thought that Jesus walked that road for me was really mm. powerful. Amen. Yes. Lee and Sandy Anderson, we just love you and thank you. I wish we had two more hours, but the time is getting away from us. All of you, thank you so much. Dear friends at home or wherever you happen to be listening, we just thank you for tuning in and and just invite you to tune in next week uh, to join us when our guest will be Nita Brady from uh, Beyond the Walls. And just thank you for tuning in and and listening to this uh, special program from our trip from Israel. And... uh, Until then, uh, God bless you, and and thank you for listening.